doing Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 11, Part 2. This is Chapter 29. And the verse that we had completed was 31. So, in last time what we had discussed was that we have been given this knowledge in Uddhav Gita. And this knowledge can only be granted to devotees. And if we have to tell them, that means those who are hearing this knowledge, if they have to go and talk about Krishna or the teachings of Uddhav Gita, they should be very careful whom they are teaching. We should never teach a person who is atheistic, who is having no belief, who has some grouse or some kind of a problem with the Lord and he is not conducive to the way of uh, the living. It should not be given to a hypocrite or a dishonest person. Somebody who is a liar, somebody who is a hypocrite, we should never pass on this knowledge to those kind of people. This is what we had discussed during the last satsang. We are doing Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 11, Part 2, Chapter 29. The chapter is called Bhakti Yoga. It is a teaching of Sri Krishna to Uddhava. Verse 32. When an inquisitive person comes to understand this knowledge, he has nothing further to know. After all, one who has drunk the most palatable nectar cannot remain thirsty. Inquisitive. The word inquisitive means you need to quiz. You need to ask questions. If you want to ask questions, that means you have to ask questions. If you don't ask questions, then the knowledge is not going to come to you. You may just imagine. If you are not going to ask, then how will you get the answer? See. Even when you go to the theatre, don't you ask for specific seats? Or when you are travelling by air, you ask for specific seats, isn't it? You give me an aisle seat, you give me a window seat, can you give me in front? You ask for things, isn't it? In life also, when you have to go to the market and buy certain things, don't you ask the vendor if you want to buy a car, if you want to buy a cycle also. Don't you want a specific color, a specific type, a specific kind of, you know, equipment? So everywhere we ask. In spirituality, if you are going to keep quiet and think that the knowledge is going to come to you, that is your mistake. You need to ask questions and the questions have to be relevant. Alright? So, those who are inquisitive, for them, the knowledge will come and they will understand. And it is just like, any person who is drinking liquor is anyway going to get intoxicated. It's the same thing. Verse 33 says, Through analytic knowledge, ritualistic work, mystic yoga, mundane business and political rule, people seek to advance in religiosity, economic development, sense gratification and liberation. But when you are my devotee, whatever men can accomplish in this multifarious ways, you will easily find within me. Now, in the first half of this verse, he talks about something that we do in the material world. If I have to do something in the material world, I need to have analytical knowledge, isn't it? I need to analyze and I need to get to an understanding of certain subject, right? So, if you take any subject for that matter, even mathematics, if you don't have logical understanding and, you know, analytical approach, do you think you will be able to solve any problem? You are not going to be, you are not, you cannot solve any problem. So, you need to have an analytic, analytical approach. Do you know how much you require for doing your IQ test? You know, they give some random numbers. Okay. 
Suppose they say 1, 2, 4, 8. What is the next number? So, <laughs> so you have to think. Don't you have to think? Oh, after that will come 10, maybe. Wrong. So, <laughs> you understand what I am saying? You require an analytical approach towards everything in life. Even when you are buying certain things, are you not analyzing it? Say if you are buying some groceries from the departmental store, your analysis is like this. Okay, if this is going to cost me so much, then that is going to cost me how much? I mean, in school when we were kids, we have done this kind of a problem solving. But when we grow up, we become stupider by the age. The children have more knowledge than, than the parents. Just think about it. And the child will say, you have to take this. I will tell you one incident which happened. I was going uphill in a place called Uti. Okay. And my, and it was a steep uphill. And there were some speed breakers in the middle so that the car should <laughs> not come back. And as I was going up, the car was coming back. Because it was difficult. So, I am trying very hard to push the car uphill. It is not going. Aditya was sitting behind. He said, Dad, open the windows. Shut down the AC. Shut down everything. You know, the music system and the AC. And then you put it in first gear and go. And he was a very tiny fellow. <laughs> I was not listening to him. See? And the car was groaning. It was not even going up. So, finally, I said, okay, let me do this. So, I shut down the AC. I shut down everything that was there, opened the windows and then it was a smooth ride uphill. So, you, do you understand? Analytical approach, children have more analytical approach than you are than elders. They will analyze the situation well. It goes everywhere in life. The biggest gain, I will tell you. Have you seen the people in the stock market? Look at their age group. They are Early to late twenties, okay? Early to late twenties and maybe <laughs> early thirties. The rest of the people, you see, most of the people have grandfather stock, you know, grandfather, grandmother stock, stocks which have been issued thousand years ago. <laughs> and the newcomers, they are playing into the latest stocks and shares and all those. And if you ask them, what are you doing? I am into futures. What is futures? I don't know. The old people have absolutely no idea where the market is going. And all the youngsters, they are, <laughs> they are on their laptops and they are doing so many adjustments and changes so fast that it is impossible for the elders to keep pace. Their analytical approach is what helps them grow. We are still reading, you know, the older, I mean, we means people like me. Okay, I, I don't want to include you whether, whether you have read it or no. <laughs> we are still like, you know, the old timers. Who? Uh, who are the old people? Okay, you understand the grey-haired people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, we are still reading the intelligent investor. Sir, that intelligent investor happened 50, 60, 70 years ago. I don't know that. Mr. Graham wrote it 60 years ago. What are you doing? You are still reading intelligent investor? The market no longer performs as per intelligent investor. It, in, it is performing in a way nobody can predict. Nobody means, okay, the youngsters, I am sorry. <laughs> they know the market better than anybody. So, they have an analytical knowledge. You know, they are with their graphs and charts. You know, the kind of things which you would not even have bothered to see. 
yes the intelligent investor started with that but today the world has gone way beyond way beyond and there is no way in which we can say that yeah if you want to know the history you should read those kind of books of course again if you ask somebody what is ibm into they will still tell you they are into computers software is that so your knowledge is 100 years old it is not today got it what is pepsico oh that drink that you get oh pepsi pepsi i know i know sir it's a food company <laughs> it's not a drink company it's a food company so did you get that thing it is catering towards a whole wide range of stuff and nobody knows that okay so analytical approach is very very important and today's day and age in today's day and age analytical knowledge has become literally the stepping stone towards your future you know the subjects that are there which are requiring analysis some of the subjects all go by the name analysis data analytics i mean i'm sure you have heard of that word okay so today we have words like artificial intelligence blockchain iot data analysis cloud computing you see people in my age group will say uh, is it anything to do with computers yes of course it has something to do with computers but nothing to do with computers also <laughs> because you are holding the computer in your hand in your tiny hand you know that small thing that is your computer you can do everything with that do i need to go to the gym you see there is a small band over here which tells me that <laughs> see all this is happening and all this is analyzing you so analytical knowledge is what is important in the material world then ritualistic work how many times has your mother told you eat properly don't throw things on the table you know you know every day at the dining table she will tell you sit properly eat properly you are supposed to hold your spoon like this why because you normally tend to spill and all that as a kid right even when you grow do you think you have changed you know men they will be having the newspaper like this and they are eating like this and they don't know whether they have put the spoon in their mouth it may be going in their ear for all you know <laughs> so we have been taught ritualistic work it's a ritual you have to do those rituals rituals are very important in our life they will give us discipline in life isn't it right you know have you ever noticed how you brush your teeth huh will put the paste you will find that if your starting stroke is this you will do that only if your starting stroke is this then you will do that did you get the point our rituals are very very important and they set a pace for our life so krishna is saying first is the analytical way second is the ritualistic way mystic yoga now mystic yoga is a strange phenomenon mystic yoga everybody think mystic yoga means what you know all those fellows on the tv they do Uh, that is part of a mystic yoga meditation sitting in very strange behave you know in the manner and with the legs crossed and doing all kinds of things uh, if you if you want to see that yeah you can open your instagram account or one of those accounts and watch people okay very nice by the way i'm sure you know you would not like to see somebody who is fully clothed from top to bottom and then doing mystic yoga sure no you would like to see somebody who is wearing yoga clothes and then doing mystic yoga yes so do you get the point this is our approach in mystic yoga and this approach is wrong your yoga is private 
यू अंडरस्टैंड प्राइवेट प्राइवेट की पब्लिक की दिस इज नॉट अ हमाम यू नो हमाम मीन्स यू हैव बात विथ ऑल अदर पीपल यू अंडरस्टैंड हमाम मीन्स यू हैव बात विथ ऑल अदर नेकेड पीपल दिस इज अ प्राइवेट की सर यू हैव योर ओन यू आर सपोज टू डू योर योगा इन योर ओन बेडरूम और वेर एवर यू आर अलोन नॉट शो द वर्ल्ड यू नो द काइंड ऑफ पोजेज दैट बाई द वे दोजेज आर नॉट टू बी डन ओके दोजेज कैन बी डन बाय जोकर्स एक्रोबैट्स इन अ सर्कस बिकॉज दे हैव टू शो हाउ फ्लेक्सीबल देयर बॉडी इज सी यू अंडरस्टैंड वॉट एम से मिस्टिक योगा इज नॉट फॉर शो इट इज फॉर मिस्टिसिजम and mysticism clearly says that you have to keep it to yourself don't show the world what you are doing okay right starting with your clothes i'm sure you have seen you know even those who do mystic yoga first they will carry the you know the mat i'm going for my yoga what are you doing yeah with a water bottle you know all that paraphernalia everything there and the headband sir Which Baba Ji on Earth was doing mystic yoga like this? Tell me. <laughs> Can you imagine the Baba Ji in the TV, you know, carrying one nice, you know, um, yoga mat from some fancy company and wearing yoga clothes and wearing a headband and you know maybe that. <laughs> I say I have to I have to count my heart rate. It doesn't work like that. So mystic yoga is to be done in private, and yoga could basically means oneness with God. Okay, and mystic yoga means your super secret oneness with God. Okay, <laughs> not public secret, public mystic. Okay, display mundane business. Do I need to tell you what kind of businesses you do? See, your private business is a mundane business. I don't want to know about it. Then political rule. We love to talk politics, <laughs> and it requires little brains for that. You know why little brains? There are normally two parties. Just like in cricket, football, you know, there are two parties. One is the winning party and one is the losing party. The losing party is always going to blame the winning party, and the winning party will say, "You see, we we are the greatest." Politics is exactly like this. So don't bother your head about politics. It doesn't doesn't require that much of analytical skills. You should know which side your bread is buttered. You understand? If you know which side your bread is buttered, you will always support that political side. Then. people seek to advance in religiosity how economic development sense gratification and liberation their growth is towards that all these things are tending towards making you religious the yesterday we were discussing about why is it that of all the people politici- politicians have so many religious leaders with them have you seen so i was just giving an idea why these politicians are there in religion you will find that most of the politicians they run after these great leaders great spiritual leaders so called spiritual leaders why because if one spiritual leader has got a 100000 okay maybe i should not say 100000 100000 is a small small this thing okay maybe you know 50 million people following so the politician says if i am friend with this swami ji na i will get all the votes they are going for votes they are very very specific in nature you know they are basically uh, going there for a ulterior motive so they do this mystic yoga or whatever for political gains only 
So do you understand their religiosity is more political in nature than anything. So when you do these things, it can be for that purpose also. Your economic development is like I started off with the stock exchange, isn't it? So your economic development, you need to use these skills, right? You have to be regular. Now think about it. If you are irregular in the marketplace, in one day's time the market can get upside down, isn't it? And then the next day when you open the newspapers, you will find that the market has crashed. Then what do you do? Then you will rue that day, you know, I should not have, I should have looked up the Don't do that. It's not important. But man wants to do that. So this is what he does. So it is economic development is what he does. In his life, he uses ritualistic work also for economic development. Have you seen that? See, in your life, suppose you have to go to work five days a week. Ritualistically, you will go to work. Now, some people will say, I log in at 9 o'clock. I am going to work. There is a computer over there and you log into the network. Yeah, of, of course I am going to work. 9 o'clock I logged in. See, ritualistic work. It's very intelligent work. Then, about ritualistic work, I will tell you something which I was talking yesterday. I said, uh, if you have to go to work, what happens? Now, your work starts at 9 o'clock and ends at 5.30. Your office is somewhere far away. Okay. So, you may take a train or uh, some kind of a transport to start from your house and reach there and then come back. You start at 7.30 in the morning to reach your 9 o'clock office. Correct? You may reach the office at 8.30. There are some people you gossip with. That is a different story. Your boss anyway comes at 10 o'clock. That's a different. So, you have reached office at 8.30 and you are having your morning tea or something like that. And yes, you have to also eat some you know, cookies, that means all gossip, yesterday's gossip, cookies, alright, that is also happening. While that is happening, remember you have reached your office, you are supposed to work till 5.30 in the evening. At 5.30 you leave and you reach back home at 7.30 again, alright. You have spent 12 hours outside, have you seen that? 7.30 in the morning till 7.30 in the evening. How much time have you spent home? 7.30 in the evening. Till 7.30 in the morning, the other way around. So, 12 hours here, 12 hours there. Did you get the point? Now, if you are working from home, you are sitting in your bed, you just got up, 9 o'clock, logged in. And then, you keep your computer at the side. I have to go to the loo. Wow, you are in the loo. By the way, the phone is with you. And at 9.30, the boss calls. Where are you today? I am logged in, sir. That is exactly the reason why I asked you, where are you today? So, <laughs> you are answering from the loop. I am available online. See, you see, I sent you a mail. By the way, even in the phone, you get the mail. But you are busy with some other thing. You see, in the phone, you are on WhatsApp with somebody. So, that mail is not seen by you. Or maybe you have not put on the notifications. Okay, it is a very easy thing for us to say, you know. I will go and check. Oh, that means you are not near the computer. See, the answer is already there. <laughs> you are receiving about 5 mails or 10 mails in a day. The computer is lying on the bed. You are in the kitchen. You are on the dining table. You have gone to the lawn. You have gone outside. You have brought things. You have done everything possible. In the entire day, from 9 to 5.30, you were in front of computer only for an hour or so, one hour. Why? I was answering the mails, you know. I was answering the mails 
and you were writing on your WhatsApp. Sometimes your colleagues were asking you some things and you were answering on the WhatsApp or their internal whatever that is, you know. The whole day, 24 hours have gone, you have worked for hardly one hour when you actually work from office, from your house. Think about it. But when you are going to office, you are working for 12 hours. That includes the time to go from there to there. At home, it takes zero time because you are sitting on the bed. See, it's not taken you one and a half hours to reach the office. And this is how our work has become today. We like to have more tamasic world. This is a tamasic world. And the more automation this world is into getting into, the more tamas it is. The tamas is like this. That you don't want to be involved in the activity that you are supposed to be doing. The work doesn't happen. You should actually time yourself even in if you are just a housewife. Time yourself how much time you are actually standing in the kitchen doing the work. You will understand it does not exceed even 60 minutes. But the person will say I was working the whole day. Washing machine you have gone and dumped your clothes and you have put it on. So the person will say I washed the clothes. And I put them out to dry. Oh, great work you have done. The washing machine has done the work. The cooker has done the work. You see, the oven has done the work. What are you doing? I am cutting vegetables. A housewife says that. I put the house in order. Do one thing. In India, no, you pay a few thousand rupees, you will get a maid who can do all the work of a wife. Except one. And maybe that also. So, what is the wife actually there for? Or what is the husband there for? To sit at home doing only one hour of answering emails. This is where we have come to. Human beings have finally come to this stage where nobody does work. Nobody. So, if somebody says that I have worked the whole day, I have to look at them in awe. <gasps> you know, my jaws will drop. I have double chin. You see, it will come like that. Count the number of strokes you might have done or count the number of minutes that you were sitting over there doing the work, you will find that you haven't done anything. In 24 hours, you have wasted 23 hours on yourself. There is no work done. Alright. This work is important. So, your economic development doesn't happen. Sense gratification, 100%. You are pandering to the senses by doing all this. The last word is called liberation. If you were Krishna, please remember this. If you were Krishna, will you grant yourself liberation for doing such shoddy work one hour in a day? No, I don't think so. Think how people work in the fields or think how these people actually spend their hours, 12 hours, 13 hours at office. They must be doing something. So, I was just comparing your this life with that life. So, you will realize, I mean, we should be ashamed of ourselves for not doing physically anything. And then you want more salary and then you want, you know, promotions. Then you want to grow in life. Doesn't work like that. So, then if you are Krishna, will you grant yourself liberation? Never. Never. Because you are only gratifying your senses. Just sense gratification, either your eyes, you are seeing something, you are reading something, you are enjoying what you are reading or enjoying what you are looking at, with your ears you just want to hear good music, good sounds, okay, you want to eat good stuff, 
you want a nice comfortable bed to sleep on right you need a nice car liberation from which point of view can liberation be granted liberation requires a lot of efforts so you go and tick all those things in your life whether you are actually doing anything for your own self to grant yourself liberation liberation is a very serious subject i have become very serious no see okay some light heartedness okay now but liberation is a serious subject what to do liberation cannot be granted just by the stupid jobs that we are doing okay because you have to rise in that order so first it is by hard work not hardly working hard work real hard work efforts have to be put in you have to put in at least 18 hours a day of efforts 18 hours a day can you calculate in an entire day 18 hours and say i did work i did work i did this i did this i did this no count that as the job that you need to do for your mundane life 18 hours spiritual training is important right so they, if you see all these things these are important so for any mundane person these are the things that they are needed now we come to the main aspect i have come till liberation and now krishna is you know you know how he gives free tickets world cup not to go to russia okay here take world cup tickets so krishna wants to now give world cup tickets my next flight to mars you want to be the first person to come with me come on come on i am giving you free tickets other people will have to pay half a million dollars for that or 3 million sorry not half million. but because you are my devotee whatever men can accomplish in their multifarious ways you will very easily find within me all these things you don't have to do if you are a devotee so did you get the point all these things which we mentioned in the first half an hour of my satsang you don't have to do any of those things so don't carry your yoga mat with you please okay you know we have sent out a list of things that you can carry Get your toothbrush. You know the reason because I'm going to see which way you're going to brush. This way or this way. <laughs> of course, there will be inspection of your towels also. Oh my God, my towels I have not washed for so many days. <laughs> okay, so okay. <laughs> so Krishna says, okay, now you're joining my gang. Come on, come on, come on. Let's let's go. Let's let's get on with our work. So nobody is going to see your yoga mat because yoga mat so is there. I don't know how many days it's lying in that corner. It is gathering dust. You know, if Guruji says I have to bring yoga mat, I have a big problem. I'll have to go to you know all those stores and have to get one yoga mat. And Guruji will immediately understand. Even the plastic has not come over it. <laughs> you got the point. So yoga mat is of no use. All right. And yes, of course, when you wear that, you know, the band of yours every day. Okay, okay. I am, <laughs> I am doing ten thousand steps today. I did. Oh my God! Ten thousand steps, sir. You hit. You did your hand like this. Ten thousand. <laughs> so Guruji understands all those tricks. Okay, if you shake your hand like this, you see the watch which Chitti keeps over here. No, it runs only if you shake your hand. It is actually that uh, band, you know, that health band. It's only when you shake your hand that watch will run. That is why it is called automatic watch. <laughs> But he doesn't use it. So now, if you understand, if he is using another band, I will come to know, right? So like that. So those who are devotees don't have to do all these things. See, they don't have to go and put twelve hours of work over there. No need. Logging in, well, you can log in, 
and you can shut off the window and go to sleep. See? <laughs> Isn't it so easy? Very easy. You can keep, you know, you can log in and you can shut off the window and you can go to sleep and later on if I, if I were to ask you, did you join? Kruji, I was there, no? Okay, you are sitting on your bed or maybe you are sleeping over there. <laughs> like this. But this is what happens. And Guruji says, it's okay, it's okay. What to do? All concessions. So, and by the way, you see, I am facing a wall over here. So, I can't see behind also. So, when you come over here, I am anyway not going to face you. I may have to keep a mirror over here to see what is happening behind me. See? Then I will know half of you will be asleep. <laughs> So you got the point. So this is this is the whole story. I have to keep looking in the camera like this. <laughs> so in devotion, these things are not valid. They are not important. We don't need to do ritualistic work. Ritualistic work. Did I, did I tell you what it is about? Okay. Right. It does not matter if you do it in reverse also. Okay. Right. So it is actually required that you just be a devotee. In ritualistic practice, you have to get up early in the morning, first thing in the morning, then you do your morning ablutions, you take a bath. Here, I am going to clean the room, so I am going to take the bath in the evening. To clean the room, please first clean yourself, otherwise your dirt is going to fall on top of it. See, you got what I am saying? You see, if you are dirty and then you are cleaning the room, isn't your dirt falling back into the floor? So, first go take a bath, then clean the room, then take a bath once again. And we have water, otherwise I can blow dry you. <laughs> so, it's like that. The morning ablutions are required. You have to do those things. You have to do things which are important. Today is Saturday. I can take bath afterwards. Afterwards, in the afternoon. And when afternoon comes? Just a little snooze is required. You see, little snooze. The full week I was working, no. Little snooze, <laughs> Saturday, no. But if you have to go for a movie, snooze I will take later on. First I will see the movie. <laughs> These concessions are there. So, in devotion, everything goes. Everything is valid. So, you can make whatever reasoning you want to do. You can just tell me also, Guruji, can I take bath in the afternoon? Okay, no problem, allowed. See, so they can accomplish whatever men can accomplish in these multifarious ways, you will very easily find within me. See, you take Krishna's name, you don't need to take bath. Did you understand? You just say, Krishna, I have taken a bath. So you are clean. Does it work like that? I mean, <laughs> if this verse is to be believed, then that is also okay. Right? Krishna, please do my work. <laughs> you will go to your office and do your work and come back. So, in devotion, there are no rules. These kind of rules which the material world requires. There is no, the kind of discipline that you have in the material world to achieve objectives. Remember, it was talking about mundane business, political rule, religiosity, economic development, all that kind of thing. You require to be adept at everything. Right? In this, you don't have to open the newspaper also. You know, the funny part is, people have asked me this question many a time. Can I do my meditation in the evening? And my answer is, whenever you want. Oh, I should not do it in the morning. That's okay. You can do it in the evening. Can I do it in bed? 
be my guest can i sleep and do of course you can do sleep and do meditation your yoga i mean you can do whatever there was one very funny question asked to me just a few days ago guruji if i want to become spiritual do i have to give up that thing also you know what my answer was no need to give that thing also <laughs> everything is okay you are devotee no why krishna you ask him no 16108 wives and some million other gopis what he was doing god knows well there is always a way but the answer is simply this devotion has to be 100% criteria is only that okay if you are devoted to krishna then you don't need to do anything else well <clears throat> i have devotion krishna will take care of me you think devotion grows on trees or what <laughs> you can go and pluck it you see all these things they fade in front of devotion okay because devotion is the toughest thing in the world and people think it is the easiest thing in the world to be devoted to one object it is not possible it is never possible and this understanding you need to have to be devoted to one object throughout your life it's extremely tough and to be devoted to krishna even at the time of death even when you get up in the morning even when you go to sleep or when you are eating something you are drinking something how is your devotion you know i told you one story about narada narada takes the name of narayana narayana is krishna's name only narayana narayana okay now don't think about all is you know shendi and all that kind of stuff okay because immediately when i say narayan narayan we can only think in terms of you know jeevan or you know that south indian film that narayan narayan that fellow used to come with one tipri in his hand and one tambora no not that kind of a traditional one just imagine narada he is taking the name of lord all the time narayan 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 all the time so one day now this story i have repeated but i will repeat once again repetition some day it will enter the brain you know <laughs> you understand what i am saying some day it will enter well so one day it so happened that narada goes to the lord and says you know he thinks he is the greatest devotee of god so he tells narayana that uh, who is your greatest devotee and narayana tells him narayana means krishna only he says you see that farmer over there he is the greatest devotee of him and narada says how can that be i am the one who takes your name 24 bar 7 my every breath i take your name see so at that time narayana tells him do one thing i got one very important job for you huh take this bowl full of oil and take one entire production of earth and come back okay not a drop should spill so narada holds that thing in his hand and walks slowly 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 right round the world and comes back and then he looks at the lord and says i did not spill anything narayan says very good good job see you took care of it you didn't spill anything so narada takes leave and goes to earth to check out this guy okay this farmer so when he goes to the farmer's place he is invisible remember that so in the entire day the farmer takes the name of the lord three times once when he gets up once when he is having his food and the last time when he goes to sleep three times in the entire day so he comes back to narayana okay narada 
and says, that fellow doesn't even take your name, only three times he took your name, you know that? I am taking your name 24 bar 7 and you are telling me he is the greatest devotee? So then Narayan looks at him and says, what were you doing when you are going around the earth with that bowl full of oil? I was very careful not to drop the oil. How many times did you take my name? No, I was doing your work, no? I was doing your work, so I couldn't take your name. I was very, very focused on to not dropping that oil. So then Narayan looks at him and says, that man on earth is doing my work. See, I have made him a farmer. Full day he works in the field. He caters to his family. He does everything that is possible. And in that he takes my name at least three times. When I gave you a job of going around this earth without spilling a drop of oil, you didn't take my name even once. You were focused on that work. He is also focused on the work and yet he takes the name three times. That is why he is my greatest devotee. So I hope you understood what it means to be the devotee of the Lord. When you are doing your work, even when you are eating or drinking or doing whatever, where your attention is required in that direction. Remember, your attention is required in that direction 100%. You may be driving a car or you may be doing the most tedious work at that point in time. Do you remember the Lord? No. We are busy doing our work. We are busy. I am busy. Oh, what do you mean I am busy? Devotion is exactly like that. You have to take the name of the Lord in the most, you know, unwanted situation also. Like say for example, you are busy doing something. Are you taking his name? No. So, devotion means single pointedness. Everything is pointed towards only one. Mirabai was walking on the streets without any understanding whether she was walking on the streets. How she was dressed also she was not aware of. What she was eating, what she was drinking, where she is going she was not even aware of. When Akbar comes and leaves his jewels in front of her she is not even aware. Later on Akbar questions her. Do you know who I am? She says I recognized your jewel. I know you are Akbar. Doesn't that put you in awe? No. My awe is Krishna. I am only dedicated to him. I am only devoted to him. It doesn't matter. Even when a glass of poison was given to her, she could only see Krishna in it. She is not seeing poison. You got the understanding? Every job that you do, everything that you do, whether you are brushing your teeth till going to sleep, the devotion that you need to have for Krishna should be that kind. So, if you think devotion is easy, you are mistaken. And if your devotion is like that, then every job of yours will be done by Krishna. Like Narsi Mehta's job, Krishna did, isn't it? Exactly like that. So, you don't have to eat, drink the poison. Krishna will come and drink it for you. I hope you got the point. So, because you are my devotee, whatever men can accomplish in these multifarious ways, you will easily find within me. So, if you want to be a trader, a day trader or something like that, Say, Krishna, trade for me. Facebook is going up. Google is going up. Okay, okay, okay. Netflix has come down. Krishna will take care of that. You got it? He will be your you know, agent. But just say, Krishna, Krishna, Krishna. Just look at the stock exchange and say, Krishna, Krishna, Krishna. See what is happening. <laughs> you, got, you got the understanding? Yeah, you can just look at your yoga mat and say, Krishna, Krishna, Krishna. Please, can you come and do your my job for... <laughs> So, this is this is the funny part. How much is your devotion? 
based on your devotion, even your jobs will be taken care of. Even the job will become the easiest thing in the world. So, whether you want to climb Mount Everest, you want to join Harvard, you want to go to Silicon Valley and start a multi-billion, zillion dollar company, don't worry. Just be devotee of Krishna. Okay. Of course, he owns the stock exchange and the Silicon Valley and everything. I told you, no? He is everywhere. So, what do you think? He is also the angel investor. God investor, like not angel. God investor. <laughs> so, he will invest in your company also. See, so many things. You want some loan from the bank? Don't worry. Go say Krishna. Like Mirabai. Not just Krishna, please give me a loan. No, not like that. Then nothing is not going to happen. Okay, exactly like Mirabai. And then things will work. Don't worry. A person who gives up all fruitive activity and offers himself entirely unto me, eagerly desiring to render services unto me, achieves liberation from birth and death and is prompted to the status of sharing my own opulence. Now, we do all kinds of material activities. Material world, so many activities. How many of us would like to give up everything that we do for Krishna's sake? You know, I have heard people say these words to me. I want to do that. The toughest line below is, so, this verse is for those people. A person who gives up all fruitive activities. Fruitive activities means what? Something which is going to give you fruits. Whether it is money, power, fame, fortune, you name it. Whatever fruitive activity that you want to do. If you are going to achieve that fruitive activity, you have to give it up. Any and every kind of fruitive activity needs to be given up, which includes taking care of your own body. You got what I am saying? You think Mirabai was interested in, do you think she was watching a diet chart or something like that? I mean, think about it. Mirabai's diet chart. So, we have, okay, I am eating quarter this thing and this thing and that thing, you know, I am eating greens, leafy vegetables. You think Mirabai was doing all that? Or maybe a South Indian Mirabai will say, two idlis, okay, without any oil in it, without this, without that. You think that is how Mirabai was doing? No fruitive activity. What you get to eat is all that you can eat. I need this kind of clothes, I need that kind of clothes. No, you can't do that also. How many people can actually fall into this category? Nobody can. Can anybody dedicate their life 100% towards Krishna? That is the reason why when I was yesterday giving a satsang, I was talking about one very beautiful American lady that I met, a very short lady that I met and she had blue eyes. She looked literally like one of the gopis from Vrindavan and she was in Vrindavan and she was smiling away to glory and she was trying to give me one pamphlet, you know, one uh, book or something like that. I think she gave me something. Her dedication was 100%. I could see the purity in her eyes. She must have been maybe late 20s, not older than that. And she had a kid also. The kid was somewhere. She was completely devoted to Krishna. And that is really something which hardly anybody can do in this world today. To give up life for Krishna. So what we will do is, I will still do verse 34 tomorrow. Okay? Because these verses are going to tell you about the path of bhakti and how does a person become a bhakt? I just introduced the topic to you. So go back and think about it. What is it that you do for Krishna? The kind of devotion that we are talking about, which I will discuss tomorrow, go and think about it.
all right so i'll stop over here and i'll see you all tomorrow